Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this week of the show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Anthony Weidel, Dan Colbert, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that's already undefeated so far um, through the preseason, not that the preseason counts for most, um, and a roster that's going to compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy. And so on today's show, we're going to look at is it e- the concept of, is it easy to scheme against the Steelers? Um, I'm going to focus on that in part one. And in part two, I'm going to give you my first reactions to the final 53 for the Steelers. And I'm going to say final 53, it's getting the roster down to 53. We know there's changes to come. Remember, I recorded this on my Wednesday night. I'm recording it at the latest possible time I can for to get it over to bad Brian Anthony Davis to be able to produce so that you guys get it Wednesday lunchtime, your time. Um, almost 10 o'clock at night here for me right now. Um, I think it's going on seven or eight on the East Coast AM in the morning right now. So that gives you a good idea about where it's for. I'm doing as late as I can, as I say, for us to get it produced. And so it's as great a reaction as I can get. Um, I wanted to see if there are any transactions that came through morning of in the NFL. There's only one, doesn't affect the Steelers. Um, the trades have gone through according to the NFL's online transaction list. So, Part one, as I said, we're going to look at the, the scheme side. So what I wanted to, what I was thinking about with this was quite an interesting point of how do the Steelers go on offense against the opposing defense? And so what I looked mainly at, the, the way I judged this was 
how the Steelers performed against four three teams and then three four teams. Now that's from a defensive front perspective. Now, obviously, we know the Steelers play a three four. Um, we know most of the it's fair to say you know play a most of the NFL play a um a four three offense uh defense. So that's something you got to remember as well. Now the Steelers, interestingly, last year played nine regular season games against teams that were four three. And they played eight regular season games against teams that were three four. Now that's also interesting from a perspective of the Baltimore Ravens play a three four, uh, so they're obviously in the division. So there's two games, uh, but the rest of the the rest of the division plays four three apart from the Steelers. So they're immediately going to have four games a year that are already four three plus. You think the NFL, um, most of the teams are four three. So and then if you look at the Chiefs, they played them twice too because they played them during the season. And they played them in the in the in the playoffs, um, but they play a four three. So they technically played ten games out of eighteen, if you like, last season against four three teams, eight eight against uh, three four. Now that's actually a pretty high number because if you look in twenty twenty two, the Steelers only have five games in twenty twenty two against um, you know three four teams. So it, it is a little bit different there. Now that doesn't seem like a lot less, but it's pretty much they've got the two games against Baltimore, and then it's. Um, Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, um, that should be a three, four Miami Dolphins could change, but they are currently and now going to be a three, four as well. Uh, it is rumored that the Las Vegas Raiders are probably changing to a three, four. So they could have six games, um, versus eight. So what I wanted to do was basically talk through what are some of the numbers that affected this? What are some of the interesting points to make out of this? Because the Steelers lost, uh, seven games last year and they tied one game. And when you looked at that, the Steelers' five losses against four three teams, they actually only scored more than 20 points on offense once, and that was against the Vikings. Now, yeah, they could have won that game, so then it wouldn't have been a loss, and we you know how, where that went at the end. Uh, but it's quite interesting that you basically saw the Steelers um, score less, only 10 points against the Chiefs in Week 16. They only scored 10 points in week 12 against the Bengals. They only scored 10 points against the Bengals in week three and then 17 points against the Raiders in week two. So really, in 60% of the games they lost to four, three teams, they couldn't even score more than 10 points. Of the five losses that they had in their nine regular season games against four, three teams, four of those, that say, were under 20 points, three were on, <laughs> 10 points or under, um, they had two of their their season low for first downs was actually twelve uh, that that they had um, twelve first downs there against sorry first downs they had yeah the low of twelve against the Tennessee Titans who played three four but their next highest their next lowest I guess number of first downs was sixteen which they had in week one against the Buffalo Bills. And then against the Bengals two four three teams so really they get them they they got the least amount of um, first downs against um, four, three teams. Their highest of the season were, they had two of their equal highest, um, four equal highest uh, first down games, which was 22. That's right. The Steelers had a season high 22 first downs in a game. Um, but two of those were against three, four teams. If you look at that, when they played four, three teams, um, you know, all the losses, except for the Chiefs game where they had 130 yards rushing, well, they had less than on they had less than fifty one rushing yards, fifty one rushing yards. So 
from that perspective, you know, you're looking at it, the Steelers and you're going, well, yeah, they're extremely struggling with a 4-3. And it's kind of interesting because a 4-3 um, should be able to shut down the run. And, and and you saw that because all the losses, they still had over 300 total yards as well, which was really interesting. However, if you looked at the two losses they had when they played three, four teams, they had one only one game under 300 yards, which was 282. And then they had uh, one game that was exactly uh, 300 yards as well. So I kind of find that pretty interesting that the Chargers game was the 300 yards. Um, the 282 was the Green Bay Packers game uh, from that perspective. So, so there's some interesting numbers there to give you an insight into how the Steelers go. Now, some of you might be sitting there and hanging on, hanging on, hang on. Whoa, pause. Cool. Yeah, they played almost equal 50-50, but you can't in a 17-game season play 50-50. You know, yeah, they almost did that 3-4-4-3. But how does that really help you when you know how they go scheme-wise? Because a lot of them play sub-package. So I found a a page, a really random page, but it's called IDP Guru. It's called Fantasy Football's Top Defensive Player Expert. Never, you know, and I was searching through because there's lots of mixed, um, you know, feedback and, and dated articles talking about what are the defensive schemes for teams. Now, I went off the scheme that Pro Football Reference had them listed as well. And so that's quite an interesting situation from, from that perspective because some, some things are list a, um, a sub package defense elsewhere. What this website did was projected 22 on um, this IDP guru. They did the proje- projected 22 base defensive scheme and then the package they used mainly in 2021. Now, everyone is listed as a 3-4-4-3 on multiple front. That seems pretty standard. Multiple fronts are teams like New York, um, the New England Patriots. Uh, then you've also got... One more multiple front. Yeah, Baltimore Ravens, Atlanta Falcons. And I see that with Baltimore, particularly when you look at the players that they've actually got, like Adolfo Oway and some of those sorts of guys. But none of them are listed as their as their base defensive scheme as anything sub-package. It's just multiple front, 3-4-4-3. But if you actually look at the primary package used in the NFL last year for every team, it's all nickel, big nickel, and then there's one team that played big diamond. That was the Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. That that that's how, it, and they play a four one six big diamond, according to last year. The Steelers uh, sitting here with a nickel four two five, which is basically everyone in the league apart from that dime defense is a four two five. But some have a big nickel, or they have a nickel there. Um, so that's something where they're playing an extra safety in the. Um, as that fifth nickel spot, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, so, yeah, quite interesting from that perspective that, yes, we talked about those four threes, those three fours. But the interesting thing is because everyone basically played a big nickel apart from the Rams who the Steelers didn't play, it then goes, it kind of falls back to the, that base defense. And what did that, how did that base defense go in stopping the Steelers from other teams? And so you kind of, kind of think this is interesting in terms of, are the Steelers easy to skim against because how are they going to go against that? And we know, you know, the Steelers had their run challenges with blocking up front. Um, but then I sort of thought to myself, well, hang on, if they had eight games, which seemed almost 50-50 in a league that's m- meant to be predominantly 4-3, predominantly 4-3, and even when you look 
through the list um, of the teams right now. Like, the, yes, people are three and four seems to be back in vogue. Um, but yeah, they, it's kind of an interesting scenario for where they where they sit right now going into 2022. So what I did was I went through Pro Football Reference and I pulled up all the schemes and the, the schemes based on what these teams were last year. And then I looked at where there may be change coming as well. And I put that where there might like what might likely be change right now. But as I said earlier in the show, right now the Steelers are forecast to only play five. That's right. Five. Sorry, four. Um four, three, four games. Or four four games against three, four teams, one of those being the Baltimore Ravens next year. However, their games against the Las Vegas Raiders, Miami Dolphins, and Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay, sorry, could involve a change. Now, Miami Dolphins are one of currently now one of the four three four teams. It's been alluded to that they may be changing to a four three. I found that on a separate website from the one that I've looked at the other formations. They still have them listed as a three four. Quite interesting there. Uh, but Tampa Bay uh, and certainly the Las Vegas Raiders are looking like, you know, this article suggested that they could be changing because of different other changes they've had amongst personnel um, or by either that be co- coaching personnel um, or player personnel. So that kind of interests me a little bit because how are they going to go and how are they going to stack up to that and how is their roster built towards supporting that? Equally, there are teams that they played last year in Seattle and Miami um, who have moved to a 3-4. So I kind of found that interesting because how would they have gone against those teams as well? Because they seem to do worse, obviously, as their record showed last year, against a 4-3. Um, I'm probably going to do a little bit more work in the background on this as the weeks go on, and especially heading into each week as well, um, and potentially the rookies, because I kind of think this whole defensive scheme piece uh, sort of hasn't had as much coverage as it probably could have. But I did really find it quite interesting when I looked at it just how well the Steelers excel much better against three, four teams um, than they do four, three teams. And that, and, and that interests me as well from a Kenny Pickett perspective, because if, mo- if most people we say Kenny Pickett probably doesn't start or ideally doesn't start before the bye, the Steelers currently right now have one, three, four game. And I'll say that could change um, with Miami, but otherwise they're just playing four, three teams up until the bye. And it, it depending on whether it changes with Tampa too, obviously. So if they don't change before the bye, then Pickett's going to have to read defenses that are a mix between the th- like, and it could be eight fifty fifty mix if those Vegas Raiders do change their scheme. Um, but between four three and three four offenses now, uh, defenses. Sorry, now you might sit there and say, well, you know, he should be able to read both types of defenses. Fine, but how they scheme those week in week out will be really, really interesting. But that's where the schedule actually might offer Pickett a little bit of reprieve because the Steelers, are based on the information that we've got to hand, they will go into the second half of the season playing three, four, three teams in a row in New Orleans, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. Then they will go play Atlanta and Baltimore, which are both three, four, even though Baltimore is listed as a multiple front. Then they go play Carolina, which is back to a four, three. And then if the Vegas Raiders do change, then you go 3-4 against them and 3-4 against the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, and then obviously you finish with the with the Browns at 4-3, so you're, you're back there again. Uh, but as I said, it's going to be interesting to see which teams switch and which teams don't and how that actually affects the overall um, 
you know, you know how that how the Steelers are going to be able to play, how their offense is going to play, how that plays through a Mitch Mitch but particularly more how that plays through a Kenny Pickett. But with that, we're going to take a break on Steelers War Room. Join me for part two. Uh, we're going to look at some of these depth chart uh, changes and transactions and all the rest of it, and excited to give you my perspectives on that. War Room. I'm your host this week. We show Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Dan Colbert, Anthony Weidel, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. A roster that I always like to say needs to compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy. And look, before I kick off part two, as always, you should be listening to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Obviously, if you're listening to this show, you probably already are, um, but we're available across all, any place you get your good podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Pandora. Uh, we're available with some of the nightly shows on YouTube live, and then they go to the audio side. So if you haven't caught one of those before, really recommend you go and catch it. If you don't particularly like one of the shows on the audio side, um, you know, that is one of the YouTube shows, you might not like it on the audio form but you might really find engaging from a youtube perspective and um you know being able to participate in the live chat and all those sorts of good things um so please go ahead and do that and of course you've got behind the steel curtain.com your one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers your non-stop shop your number one stop for everything breaking news before even the supposedly national media get it um i've saved the web page on my phone as a bookmark so it looks like an app on my iphone um, you should do the same. And then that way it's just there on my screen. I know to click it every morning. It's the first place I'm going when I'm waking up to all the news, um, depending on whether I've got ESPN or um, NFL notifications. But it really, if I want the perspective of how it affects the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's behindthesteelcurtain.com. All right. So, you know, it's been a big couple of days, uh, depending on the way that we count the hours of the last 36 hours, no matter where you are in the world. Steelers made a number of transactions. Um, they traded for Malik Reed from the Denver Broncos and also for Jesse Davis from the Vikings. There were some picks exchanged for those guys, six and sevens. Um, they released cornerback Justin Lane or Luston Jane. He, to me, is someone that's got to go back on the practice squad. Agreed with some of my or the early feedback from BTC colleagues um, like Jeff Hartman and Brian Anthony Davis and uh, Dave Schofield. Release Marcus Allen, although I see he'll be back. I mean, yeah, fine if he's practice squad depth, but I feel like he will end up back on this roster with the injury tags um, or injury designations for IR, injury reserve. Joe Haig's out. I think he'll get picked up by another team. Trent Scott's out and Anthony Farns out. Anthony Farns should be back on this practice squad. I don't think he's going for good unless another team picks him up. They released Elijah Riley. Um, Chris Steele, please bring back Chris Steele is all I can say. I've been very you know, clear that I'm a fan of him. Lyndon Stevens, goodbye. And he's probably saying goodbye to an NFL career. Carlos Davis, Khalil Davis, one of those guys will get picked up by someone else, probably Khalil. He's played a bit better. Donovan Jeter, um, Henry Mondeau. Henry Mondeau, I could see back on the practice squad. Rondell Carter, Buddy Johnson. Buddy Johnson's back on the practice squad, I think. Um, Hamilcar Rashad, he could be... Back on the practice squad, maybe, but someone else may pick him up. 
Dolande Scott's gone. James Vaughn has gone. William Dunkel's gone. Ely, they could bring back on the practice squad, but I wouldn't. I think you go for someone more experienced. Chaz Green's out. I think he doesn't make the practice squad. John McGlue, he could be a candidate for practice squad, but I think he might be too old now. So whether he would then want to use a veteran, veteran designation, probably not. Ryan McCollum, I think he's still eligible for practice squad, but I may be wrong on that one. Max Borgie's out. Kevin Rader, yes, back to practice squad. I'd like to see them kick the can down the road with Jay Sternberger on the practice squad, but they probably won't. Tyler Sneed's out in my mind. Vaughn's maybe practice squad. I think he's deserved it at least. Cody White's out. Waved and injured. Um, DB, Carlins, Platel, I think, you know, we're not going to necessarily see him or he's going to sit on an injured reserve. So they're all the, they're all the transactions as of now. I'm going to hit re- refresh. Um, and nothing yet in the morning on the East Coast. So looking at the depth chart, where does that leave us? Well, I thought it was kind of weird because the Steelers kind of kept, remember that first depth chart they did? We kind of covered it when that were released on War Room earlier on in the season. And like, not War Room, I'm sorry, I did talk about it on War Room, but I, we covered it live on Touchdown Under um, that I do on Friday nights live on YouTube with Marky D, Marky Davison. And we know that obviously goes to audio side too. And we covered it and there was kind of weird spots that people were put in and multiple people at different spots. Well, the Steelers, a little bit lazily, kind of did the same thing. They just kept it where they were. So so right now, wide receiver, you've got in the first column, Deontay Johnson, Anthony Miller, Gunnar Oshesky, Calvin Austin third. We know Anthony Miller's on IR. Bye-bye to season 2022 for him. Dan Moore left tackle. Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green are both there at left guard. I think most people figured Dotson's won that spot, especially after the weird stuff Kendrick Green's done on social media the last 24 hours. Um, then you've got Mason Cole, JC Hassenhauer, which was kind of interesting. Then James Daniels at right guard, Chukes at right tackle, Freemuth, Gentry, Haywood, which is how it was at tight end. Our running back is Najee Harris, Benny Snell, Gap, Jalen Warren. Surely you're starting Jalen Warren or back. Jalen Warren's getting snaps before Benny Snail Jr. Derek Watt is in there at fullback. Makes sense. Well, it doesn't to me. I, I'd outlined on, you know, TDU this week what I thought we really should be doing around tight end and shifting Claypool around and putting, you know, Connor Haywood there. But anyway, that's not what they're planning on doing. So this is where they're going. Then Trubitsky, Rudolph Pickett as quarterback. Pickett listed as third. Claypool, Pickens, Boykin, Sims. Now, I will preface, I don't think they're bothered to change this and then just delete people because there's more to change. I agree with some of my B2C colleagues. What this roster looks like in 48 hours time, 72 hours time, next week, and then, you know, when they're ready to go for September 11, there's, there's many iterations to come of this, many iterations to come. But looking on the defensive side, I thought it was interesting, Cameron Hayward, Isaiah Latimer, D-tackle, D- Larry Ogunjobi, Wormley, Leal, defensive end, Alu-Alu, Adams at nose tackle. Adams could still make, go on injured reserve, some people suggesting for the first four weeks. That would, to me, think they can get Khalil Davis on the practice squad. You could see him called up if needed. TJ Watt, outside linebacker. Um, Alex Highsmith, Derek Tutska. There's no M- Malik Reed listed on this, so that's one thing to keep in mind. He should be there. Um, then you've got Miles Jack, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, Mark Robinson is your four linebackers. Makes sense. Keller with the spoon, Levi Wallace. 
Um, you know, both of them are listed at the same spot and cornerback, as I said, looks like laziness at this point. Kazee Edmonds, Fitzpatrick, Norwood, Killebrew are there at safety. Um, interestingly, Collins Platel is listed there too, but we know he's injured, so you know, kind of weird from that perspective. Carl Joseph's still on that list um as well. He's on IR, so they've kind of not really done the IR designations right with this depth chart. Um, Arthur Mollett's there in the nickel with, and then Sutton and Pierre too. And special teams, obviously, you've got Boswell, Presley Harbin, Big Press, and Christian Kuntz. Um, and then Calvin Austin and Gunnar Oshesky listed as the punt and kick returners. So no, I don't think there's any real surprises on this list. Uh, from that perspective, I don't think, yeah, I, I just didn't see anything. I thought Joe Haig, with the money that he was owed with the million, I didn't think the Steelers would want to do that and they'd want an experienced head there, but I get it, especially if you can get him back on the practice squad. Uh, obviously, we didn't talk about the fact that, or oh, I didn't mention Malik Reed wasn't listed on that depth chart, but obviously, you bring Jesse Davis. Jesse Davis is depth. I don't think it really changes the game for this Steelers team at all. Um, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I just, I don't see it. Uh, and I think based on the players that are going to be available around the league, like uh, I just, I can't imagine that the Steelers are not going to look at other people uh, because there's just been too many good players that are are now out there, um, you know, and, and I think you're going to see teams look at the players that the Steelers cut as well. I, I mean, I wouldn't see why you wouldn't. Guys like Sony Michelle that's now available, you know, he's someone that I think you look at and you go, well, what are you going to do? What are they going to do to bring someone like that in? Um, I think, I still think the tight end position, if someone really good became available, they're obviously looking at Dalton Keane, who can play fullback as well. Um, a guy like a Keyshawn Johnson at wide receiver, you know, he's someone that, you know, maybe you at least have a look at him. I think there's these sorts of names that you are going to see teams really bring in. I heard Chris Oladokun apparently was visiting the Chiefs of all things today. So I found that pretty pretty funny. Um, no, no, good for him, but I, I just didn't expect the Chiefs to be doing that. Um, you know, and this is why a guy like Anthony Fallon Jr., I could see, you know, that being somewhere, that's being the sort of player another team looks at to sort of fill out that room. Um, you know, there's definitely a guy like Kellen Mond. I thought that was an interesting cut from the Vikings, given the you know really big rap he had on him going into the draft. And so that's that's another name that I think you'll see a team you know go after or kick the can on him. Guy that mentioned our Brax, um, in our Brax channel, uh, Slack channel, Bradley, um, an A defensive end in a four three. Um, outside linebacker in a 3-4, you know, people were pretty keen to look at him through that draft process two years ago. Maybe maybe they looked at him. I was surprised that Natane Muti was waived at guard from the Broncos. He's definitely someone I would be looking at uh, if no one else has picked him up already. Uh, I just think you've got to look at a guy like that. Well, just looking through the other list, there was one more name that I looked at when I was preparing the show that I wanted to bring up that I thought could be an interesting possibility for the Steelers to look at um, as well. And, oh, yeah, Lynn Bowden from Miami Dolphins. 
Um, it wasn't the guy I was thinking of. I've lost that name. But he's a guy that I do think they should look at. Most certainly they should look at him. Ah, it was James Wiggins from the Cardinal, the safety. I think I liked him coming out at the draft a couple of years ago. And I thought that was an interesting uh, player that someone might might look at. I could see the Steelers wanting to look at a guy like Tanner Moose, who's 220 pounds plus as well. So there's just these names that are not going to make teams better uh, as uh, uh, Jeffrey Bendix said, but they're going to make teams deeper. And that's the difference about where we can go now. Who are these players that, you know, you go into the season with most fans go, I've got that guy, so what? But they're the guy that makes that play in a third quarter of a middle of the season game when you've got guys that are out for one or two games injured. They're, these are the guys that you're going to get this time of year. Um, and hopefully they're guys that just add that little bit extra to what you've, what you've got going um, that make that little bit difference. It may be that they make a special teams play as well. Um, so yeah, that's quite interesting. Oh, and then the other player was a guy from a couple of years ago that we really liked um, myself and Jeffrey Benedict and Ben Mason out of Michigan, six foot three, 256 pounds. So very much an interesting H back role. You know, if you had him there, if the Connor Haywood, you know, um, situation is working he's sort of a guy that you could bring in there uh but look i don't see them not keeping Derek watt at this stage which we can argue all we like but that just is what it is so all up i don't think a huge number of surprises it did kind of surprise me with guys like mark Salen actually getting cut and, and lane to fourth year in the third round it's interesting to keep lane over snell but the Steelers know more than we do and that's the point uh as well so let's see how this roster shapes out over the next couple of days be all sorts of different players brought in and i wouldn't rule out more trades either i think omar khan will pull the trigger where he needs to pull the trigger he wants a big first year um you know and we've got to allow him to learn from these whether these are you know decisions that lead to um great positive outcomes or you know decisions that lead to <laughs> you know a big mistake but i don't think so with omar khan i think this guy's smarter than what anyone's given him credit for but with that that wraps up this week's steals warren as always Ghost Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.